millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 331 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm super excited to be back in your earbuds again this week, and I've got a really great episode for you. And as always, I've got a quick request. If you have not left a rating or review for this podcast, wherever you listen, please take a moment to do that. I know I ask all the time. I know you might be skipping forward um, on me sometime, but if you do hear me, please, please leave a review. It really does help. And I would just be so, so appreciative. I mean, I'm already appreciative that you're here and you're listening. And this just takes a few more seconds of your time. And it really does help me to organically grow the show, which as a small business, I really do rely heavily on. So thank you for that, sharing this episode or any episode, you know, on your stories or just privately with someone that you think would benefit from it. I, you know, just so much gratitude helps so much. And then of course, the ratings, reviews, subscribes, all of that stuff just tells the algorithm that yes, yes, people love this show, get it out in front of more people when they're searching. Um, And so I just, I just really appreciate that. I, I really just, I know I say it, but I really have no words to describe how truly humbling and appreciative, I I feel. Okay, so today my caller wants to know how to handle a situation ship that she's in. They're not in a relationship, but she wants to go back to the way things were before they broke up. This is a really good episode because there's a lot of things that come up in it, but I will just tell you one thing. And a lot of this goes back to how do I feel? What do I need? And then what choice can I make to help me feel that feeling or get that need met? All right. Okay. With that, let's get to my coaching conversation with Jen. 
Hi, Jen. Welcome to the show. How can I help today? Hi, Veronica. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here and get your advice on how to set boundaries that I can actually live up to. <laughs> okay, so you're setting the boundary. And then the other person's like, I'm going to do what I want. And then you're not basically enforcing it or letting them know of any consequences. Is that, yeah. Is that yeah. It's the boundary. And then the, we have a break and then time goes by and we decide to get together because I think that enough time has gone by and then it just kind of goes back into, we don't go back into a relationship, but it just is, I'm not living up to that boundary. We aren't, we aren't dating anymore. So you can't, you know, you can't act like my boyfriend yeah. if we're, if we're not dating. Okay. Okay. So let's get clear on, I, I think it's easier to follow through on actions when we're really clear on the why. Sometimes we do things, oh, because so-and-so said so, even if it's like, oh, Veronica said so on her podcast. I'm like, okay. I mean, that's fine, but also it has to work for you. Right. Okay. So what's, the, what's the boundary? The boundary is no contact. Uh, the boundary was limited contact. Um, okay. So that's one issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Limited contact. What does that mean? Well, to be more clear, it was no contact. And then we went through the 30 days and then it was kind of like trying it again, like slowly, but surely seeing what was there. And then it, so that was what it was. And then it ended up being more, uh, I lost all control, all power of the situation. I was no longer an empowered woman. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you still, you're always an empowered woman. It's just using the power, right? So, okay. So first is before we can even talk about the why, I mean, actually, I guess they kind of go hand in hand. They're not like one in this, or they're not, you know, two separate issues entirely, but the why, like, why is the boundary in place? What is it serving you or how is it serving you? What is it doing for you? What is it providing for you in your life, emotionally, energetically, spatially, all of those things. But then also what is it, right? Mm -hmm. Like the boundaries need to be super clear and defined. Now I hear that you went through like 30 days, no contact. And probably one of the reasons why you, that works is because it was very clear. Mm -hmm. 30 days, no contact, right? There's not like a lot of gray area in a boundary like that. But now you're telling me that there's limited contact. I don't know what that means. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And, and I'm it, sure that, you have your own definition in your head. I get that. Yeah. However, there is all sorts of room for interpretation and gray area and nuance. And this is the thing where you don't want those things. Okay. Mm -hmm. So do you want in your ideal world, just I, your ideal world, do you want there to be just no contact, just totally move on? No. No, you don't want that. Mm -mm. Okay. So what do you want? I, well, I was, I, what I want is for it to go back to what it was when it was a good positive relationship. So this is my, um, I guess this is my bandaid while he's figuring it out. I realize that that's probably not the healthiest way to manage this. Okay. So you want to, you want to get the relationship back to where it was at the beginning, mm -hmm. right? How long ago was that? When, so we started seeing each other a year ago. Okay. Just a little over. And how long did that, like, we'll just call it honeymoon period for, you know, simplicity. How long did that honeymoon period last? We broke up in June and I was still in the honeymoon phase and he decided that um, he wasn't ready. Okay. 
he wasn't ready because he wasn't emotionally ready. He wasn't ready in his life just to have like another person in it. All of the yeah. above. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so what is it that you need in order to make a potential relationship with him work? Well, now I would, now I don't trust the relationship. And so I would need a lot of security, a lot of proof that he's ready to actually jump back in. So even when I, when we see each other now, like we hiked this morning. So even when we see each other now, I look at it as a friendship. So what I would need for now is for him to actually be pursuing and not just deciding that, you know, three times a week he wants to see me, but it's not really, we're not dating. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What do you know about in terms of like where he is? Like, does he want a relationship with you or does he want this? Like, I want to have fun with you when I want and then do my own thing. Yeah. So he, he has said he loves me. He can see a future with me and he just, he's in this, he just moved here two years ago and he's trying to buy a house. And so all of those things, you know, he says that those are the things that are holding him back from pursuing anything. But I also think that he's maybe more comfortable being single. Yeah. I'm going to call all of that a little bit of BS. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So he can say whatever he wants. That's fine. People can, some people can talk a good game. Some people are terrible liars. This, who knows? But anyone, can, most people will just say, can say what they want to say, but his actions don't seem to be lining up with what he's saying. Right. So, and therefore that's not allowing you to, it's, you say you not trust the relationship. I don't think you really trust him. True. And when you don't trust him, I think a relationship is really, really tricky. And you have to ask yourself why you Mm -hmm. want this relationship so badly. Mm -hmm. I understand that the beginning of it, the first, you said you broke up in June, started about a year ago. So the first 10 months or so Mm -hmm. was really amazing. Mm -hmm. I understand that. I'm not taking away from that at all. And also, I'm not so sure why you or how you can be in a relationship when there's no trust. It's very, very hard to build back trust. Yeah, for sure. Going forward, it would be very, very, he would have to turn himself around and go back to, I mean, we were almost living together. So to go back to that and to your point, you know, maybe I can't ever now trust him. So that's kind of a question I have too is, how do I trust people again after they've proven that they can't always be? Here's, here's the thing about trust. And, you know, I've coached quite a few clients through like rebuilding trust. And I will tell you, it is, it's really hard. And here's why, because let's say you meet someone, you start dating someone and everything's fine. Like you trust them, right? Like Mm -hmm. they seem to follow through on their word and they seem to pursue you and they seem fun and all these things. But like, there's no reason to not trust them. How many things does it take or how many actions does it take for you to have your trust broken? Mm-hmm. It takes one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One, right. Like, like one time catching him or a text or whatever, noticing he's on the apps, whatever, what it takes one time, mm-hmm. but then to rebuild that trust, how many actions on, on the other person's part does it take to rebuild that trust? A lot. It's not just one. Yeah. That's the tricky part, right? Mm-hmm. Like the reverse is not true. And even if the other person is just like 
tr- like even if they're actively trying to rebuild trust with you, it's still really hard because there's always going to be this little part, not I shouldn't say always, but there could very likely be this part in the back of your head that's like, but, but what if they do it again? Mm-hmm. What if they do it again? What if they yeah. don't do it again? And that's like best case scenario. That's like the person like actively trying to rebuild trust. That's the person, you know, like, let's say there are previous issues in the relationship around their emotional um, volatility or emotional availability or whatnot. And so like they're going to therapy and like they're working through all this stuff. This is like best case scenario. And even then it's so hard. I'm not going to say it's impossible because I don't know the, the future of all things on earth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really hard. And if the other person isn't making any kind of effort to help rebuild that trust. Like, I just don't see any way to where you want to go. And if there's this part of you that still really wants to get back to where it was and um, rekindle that relationship, I mean, I understand like there's just a simple longing because the beginning of the relationship was wonderful and you shared really nice times together. But I also have to wonder, okay, there's all this evidence to the contrary. And yet there's still like this really strong attachment to what was mm-hmm. to me that says, or that's pointing towards some sort of like soulmate kind of connection, not like in a Disney princess kind of way, but in a more of like, a, what is it about this person that's ultimately like keeping me attached? What mm-hmm. does this person make you feel or believe or experience that you can't do on your own? And the reason why it's soulmate level is because it's bumping up against some core wounds. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what at least, you know, what I would want to look at with you right. as opposed to like, how can we make this work? Because you can't will him into doing what you want him to do. And what you want him to do is you want him to be available. Right. And he's just like, Oh, I got to buy a house. It's like, yeah. I mean, people buy houses all the time. Right, right. And I don't just, and I, so I suppose that my, my bigger question is because it's not like I can't live without him. So my bigger question is what do I, what work do I do so that I going forward, whether it's with him or someone else, be able to say to myself, okay, you've done enough red flags. I'm leaving. I'm done. Instead of trying to hang on. Yeah. Okay. So you're, you're hanging on to like what the, what was the beginning of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So you have like a relationship nostalgia. It's, it's very mm-hmm. classic. And again, like I said earlier, like sometimes that can just be like, we can really just hang on to those beginnings of a relationship because the beginning of a relationship generally does have a honeymoon period. According to psychologists, the honeymoon period lasts about two years and there's just like a lot of hormones going on and in, in that beginning phase of a relationship. And so sometimes it can simply be like, this, that was love. Like that was my fairy tale. Da, 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 da. And it's like this almost fantastical, like desire to get back to that beginning. So sometimes it can just simply be that. And we just have to instead just do some release work around just releasing that relationship that was then this is now, and I'm moving forward. Mm-hmm. So it can just be that. And also, or I should say, or, and, or it could be him bumping up against a core wound. Mm-hmm. And so the way you would figure out what core wound or how, which, yeah, exactly how the core wound is, you know, or I guess you would say which core wound it is, is what does he make me feel or believe that I can't feel or believe on my own? So like, for example, and this is not just, I'm not saying this is you, I'm just giving you an example. If him, you know, being with you or giving you attention makes you feel beautiful or worthy, not, not that like, 
your partner shouldn't make you feel those things. But like, if you can't generate those kinds of feelings on your own and you need that other person to feel like that, then to me, that tells me that there's some sort of wound around worthiness and mm-hmm. feeling good enough and feeling mm-hmm. complete on your own. So you can look at both this relationship and previous relationships. Do you have any idea as to what core wound either him or a previous partner could be bumping up against? I'm I'm pretty sure you said it perfectly. The worthiness, the validation. I was watching a show and I was thinking that very same thing. Something that happened to me in my childhood, then whoever I meet that even slightly takes some of that, some of that pain away, then I feel like not necessarily feel like they're my person, but I feel like they get me. So, okay, let me make sure I understand. So, so if someone helps you feel a little bit more worthy, even just a little bit, then you feel like, oh, they get you, like they're my person. Yeah, yeah, and they validate, they validate my feelings. They listen to me. They they care about you know what I've done during the day or or something. You know, just clearly validating my existence. A little bit of that yeah. makes me feel good. Yeah. Well, again, like feeling validated and all those things is normal, but when you have to get or need to get it from the other person, can't generate it from your own, that's when it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So when you think about feeling, you said like validating my existence, that's a pretty heavy phrase. Mm-hmm. So when you say that, or when you said that, does that um, bring up a certain age or time of your life? I would, I would, when I was a kid, it was a very difficult it wasn't painful. It wasn't, you know, traumatizing. It wasn't, but there was a lot of, it was like, you only spoke if you were spoken to, you always smiled, you didn't have an opinion, you didn't have anything. So I never was able to have a voice. And so I feel like those that have been in my life and and particularly this last one, because we really were connected, that it just, that's a hard thing to let go of because someone else is that I can look at myself in the mirror all day long and tell me how tell myself how great I am and how I meet this check mark and that check mark and all that but to hear it from somebody else that I didn't get that when I was a kid that just makes me feel better yeah okay so what happened when you were younger if you did have an opinion or a big emotion or just went out of line a little bit I got in trouble or it was, I was ignored or it, it was all, it was most often we don't show emotion. You just put a smiley face on and pretend like everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me just say, do you, um, do you minimize that experience? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, nothing was bad. It was fine. Yeah. So I think that's actually reinforcing what it sounds like the childhood you had was. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? It's like, yeah. it was fine. Yeah. Put a smile on my face. It was fine. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. reinforces the pattern, which causes you to push down further emotion. And then, but then because you're still human, you're like, ah, I need to feel, you know, valid. I need to feel like someone can see me, you know? And mm-hmm. so then that keeps you latched on to this guy or potentially other men as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And listen, like, this is kind of a term that I think I've made up. I don't know if other, like there's acute trauma right? Like violent, horrendous, or like, you know, car accident, like that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, like, yes, that's traumatic. And when we talk about trauma, I think that's where a lot of people's minds go for good reason, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Like those things are traumatic. But I think there's like these smaller, just more um, like not acute, just like 
just smaller like micro traumas that we experience all the time. And there just needs to be another word for it. I think it's becoming a little bit more normalized, you know, as like with pop psychology and like Instagram and all that kind of stuff. But like when you're a little kid and you're feeling big emotions and no one, there's no adult around it, like, Hey, here's, here's how you manage your emotions mm-hmm. or I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Or it's okay to feel angry or to feel sad or to have an opinion that's contrary to everyone else. Like, and when instead you're like reprimanded or just told to be quiet or just ignored, that's really traumatic. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the same way of like, like a, like a violent or, you know, like a one incident that's like super traumatic, but like that over many, many times. I mean, think about it, like your parents, like whether or whoever raised you, like whether you like it or not, like you were reliant on them for survival, right? Like you needed them to survive. So like there is that direct connection. And so because of that, parents can often have like this godlike status to their kids, right? And then when those people who are kind of putting on pedestal as like a some sort of godlike status are saying like, you're wrong, you're bad. Like that's like, my existence is wrong. And that's, yeah. like, and, and that's like, whoa, when you look at it like that, that's big. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I want you to own that. Like, I don't want you to like, be all like, oh, woe is me. And like be all dramatic and pity party. Like, I'm not saying that, but like own that, like, that's hard. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean your parents were bad people or bad parents. Like, I don't know anything else about them other than what you've told me here, you know, like, and also this is just what happened. And so you're going to have there's going to be repercussions from that. And this is simply how it's playing out. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, that's why the inner child work was so important to me to learn how to, I don't know if this is the right term, but to like self-soothe yourself, you know, years and years later, because it does keep coming up. We can minimize it, but it keeps coming up. I can see it in several relationships along the way. My first marriage, not so much my second, but my first and relationships since I've been divorced. So yeah. I, I think it, it's something that needs to be de- dealt with for sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's do this. Go ahead and close your eyes for me. And I want you to just bring up whatever version age of you that comes up when you think about just not really being able to take up space, not being your, your existence, not being acknowledged or validated, you having to just swallow whatever emotions or opinions you had. Mm-hmm. And when you have something, tell me what you see. This one that comes up is not, it, this is a, there was a tension there, but it was, uh, you're stupid. You're, you know, you did, how many times do I have to show you this? How many, you know, those kind of things. Shoot, obviously my mother was frustrated. And, but that's something that really sticks out in my mind that, somebody that you look up to tells you you're stupid. Yeah. So I would say that's pretty traumatic. Yeah. Okay. So how old ish were you? Uh, Probably seven or eight. Okay. So go ahead and close your eyes again and bring that seven or eight year old self into your mind's eye. So her mother just called her stupid. She couldn't figure this thing out. What is your seven or eight-year-old self feeling? Sad and stupid, you know? 
Yeah, sad. Mad at myself because I can't get it right. And obviously, it's not that difficult. How could I not be smart enough to get it? And uh, so these are the thoughts that are going through your mind. These are the feelings, right? Yeah. Can you feel those feelings or those thoughts somewhere in your body? Oh, yeah. Where do you feel? My stomach, my chest. Mm-hmm. Like I have a lump in my throat just thinking about disappointing someone. Yeah. Yeah. And how strong do you feel those sensations on a scale of one to 10, 10 being strongest? Probably a, right now, probably an eight. But normally when I think about this event, because it does come up in my mind often, it's normally at a six, I think, because I'm so much older now. Okay, so just um, I want you to sit with those feelings. I know, I know they're not comfortable. I know they're a little stronger than they normally are. Um, but I'm just going to invite you to sit with them. And then I want you to imagine your present day self stepping into this memory. And um, first, I just want your present day self just to simply hold the space. So you're just going to sit next to or stand next to your seven or eight year old If it's okay with your younger self, you can um, have your older self put um, her arm around your younger self, just like you are comforting your own child. Just really being there with her. And notice how your inner child feels. She might feel really receptive to this. She might also feel like, who the hell are you? And just notice, And, and I mean, Those are two sides of the spectrum. It can be somewhere in between. And then holding this space, is there anything that your present day self wants to tell your inner child self? Well, I guess I would say, aside from soothing, I would say something like you, you aren't stupid. There is no reason that you should know this. And you shouldn't know, you're not old enough to know this word or this math problem. What do you wish had been said to her? Well, I wish that she would have, because she was frustrated, I wish she would have just said, you know what, let's take a break. And that's what I would do to my own children. But I wish that that's what she had done instead of saying all of those terrible things that she said. Well, what do you wish like another adult had said to you? I guess it would be something to the same thing that I would have, would say is that you'll get it. it. There's, there's plenty of time to learn this. You don't have to learn it all in this, you know, 30 minute period. And um, you're not stupid. You're just learning. Yeah. 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 You're not stupid. You're just learning. Okay, when you're ready. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. You go and open your eyes. Okay, so first, how did that feel? Was it easy, hard, or something else to connect with your inner child? Well, it, it, for that particular event, it's easy because it comes up in my mind a lot. Yeah. And I often think about how I would have, how I would have responded had I been teaching my child that and feeling that frustration. But it felt good to be able to say, to strongly say, you know, you're just learning. You don't have to put so much pressure on yourself. We'll get this. You're only seven. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anger? Are you are you angry about this? Not necessarily this one specific memory, although there could be plenty to be angry about it. Yeah, I don't speak to my mother now, so. Yeah, okay, okay. So, I mean, obviously, inner child work, super important. And I think, though, what could serve you a lot right now is actually really leaning into some anger work. And so... Mm-hmm writing a few letters to your mom and anyone else that pisses you off exes we haven't talked about dad we don't have to get into that but if you're angry at dad why not him too (laughs) (laughs) um both from your adult self and from your inner child self have you like i'm sure you've gotten into fights with your parents but like have you like really just like leaned into any anger you have about them Oh, with my mother. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Okay. And how does it feel when you do the anger work? Well, it doesn't, I, because it's been a long time. And so I don't, I look at it now and think I could have handled myself better. And also giving her the satisfaction of me getting angry doesn't feel good. Oh, oh, you mean like you've gotten angry, like with her, like, in? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you haven't I don't, done like anger work on your own. No, no, no. Sorry. Okay. 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 No, that's fine. That's fine. It can be confusing because people are like, what? Anger work? What's that? <laughs> yeah. This has nothing to do with interacting with your with your mom. This is just you. Um, this is you writing a few letters. This is you having temper tantrums, meaning like you're just going to yell, scream, hit pillows. Um, obviously, you want to make sure that you're alone for this. Yeah. You have like an apartment or like a shared wall, like a townhome or something. Um, then you might want to do this in your car, like go just drive to Walmart or something and park in the back of the parking lot. Because, <laughs> you, know, you know, you don't want to scare people and right. I don't know, making call 911 or whatever. Right, but, right. Um, but there's a lot of anger to get out here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and here's, here's, here's why I want you to focus on this. I, I know inner child work's important. That's my whole my whole spiel or my whole jam here on the podcast. I get it. And also I think anger work is going to help you for a few things. One, I think it's hard for you to connect with your inner child. And I can just, I've done a lot of inner child work on myself and with clients. And I can just, I just kind of sense that you're like, okay, I'll do what she's asking me, but I don't really feel anything. Does that seem accurate? Except for that. Well, I, when I was doing it, yes, yes. To short answer. Yes. This was easy because this is a, something that comes up in my mind always. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. If something's also just a side note, if something's coming up in your mind, always, it is just like asking for you to like release it and, and mm-hmm. do the healing work around it. So just that's a side note though. So when you, when you, when you do your anger work, it actually makes it easier to connect to the inner child because your inner child is probably feeling lots of big emotions, emotions that she got really good at suppressing because she thought she had to. Well, she did. She did. That wasn't a thought. Mm-hmm. She, she did have to. Yeah. Um, but she got really, really good at them. And so she thinks she still has to, right? And so when you do the anger work, that gives you the space to be like, it is safe to feel whatever the hell I'm feeling right now. And, and so any kind of emotional suppression is emotional suppression of all emotions. You do not get to pick and choose with emotions. It's not like I'm going to suppress anger, sadness, and grief, and everything else is going to be great. That's just <laughs> not how emotions work. And so it really, when, when you're trying to suppress emotions, it ends up being like that. Um, shoot. What is that game at the arcade where it's like you're whack-a-mole whack-a-mole yes <laughs> yeah. it's like whack-a-mole it's like no no you know what I mean yeah. and so when you just let it all up then it helps you to be more emotionally available and connective with yourself with an, with a partner and also the inner child which allows the space to do the healing work okay, okay. also the, number, the other thing that anger work does is so when you think about anger work on the collective level I've said this in the podcast many times but it you know bears uh, mentioning again um, when you think of on the collective level, any kind of great societal change has come because people were pissed off. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like think about any social movement. And I don't even care like what we're talking, like right social movement or left social movement, like any social movement. It's not because people are like happy and just really happy with the way things are going. <laughs> They're pissed right. off. Right. And so then that spurs a social movement and then hopefully change. Well, I guess hoping depending on which side it is, you know what I mean? Anyways, yeah. the same thing is true when it comes to your own personal life right? Because my guess is that the past few months since you and your partner broke up, like he hasn't been the best to you. Correct. He hasn't been respecting your boundaries. He's been kind of like finagle his weights so he can hang out with you when he wants, but with no strings attached, meaning no responsibility on his part. And I think a part of the reason why that's okay is because you don't get angry. And so you don't uphold your own boundaries or the consequences of breaking those boundaries. And then he just keeps walking all over you. You get a little more pissed, but you're like, ah, I don't want to feel that. And so then you suppress it and you're just like, let's just get back to the beginning. Yeah. I felt good then. Yeah. And so when you allow yourself to really get into your own anger, whether it's not even about him, although there, I'm sure there's plenty to be angry towards him about, it gives you the if we're talking, I think one of the first words you said to me was empowered. It gives you the power to be like, this is actually fucked up and I'm not dealing with this anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And then that can give you the energy and the edge to do what you need to do, which is either be like, this is the line. If you want to get, if you want to be together with me, or if you want to try this again, these are the things that I need bare minimum, not even bare minimum. These are the, this is the line, right? Mm-hmm. Or it gives you the power to be like, you know what? Screw this. I'm walking away. But because like, there's not that like drive, there's not that catalyst to like make something happen. So the only thing you know how is like, let's just make it all better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I think anger can be so important for you right now. That's that's what I'm feeling. I think it'll help the inner child stuff. I know that you're in, in body dating, which, you know, became intuitive dating, but so you have the inner child resources to you. So just right now, just really focus on the anger. I know you're like, but just, or maybe it feels exciting because you're like, oh, it it actually does. It actually does because I, I, this is in every aspect of my life. It's in work. It's in 
my relationships, friendships, it's all of it. I don't want ever want to rock the boat. I don't ever, I might be mad, but most times no one would know I was mad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Then I, I want you to do this. Like, this is not a once and done kind of thing. This is something to do over. I mean, honestly, like, I think anger can just be part of like your spiritual hygiene, just like mm-hmm. how, you know, just because you like meditate one day, doesn't mean like, oh, I'm good for the rest of my life. Like, don't even right. meditate. It's like, no, yeah. it's part of a practice, you know, or at least that's how you get the most benefit from it. I would say the same thing is true for anger work as well. It's just part of your practice. I'm not saying you have to do anger work every day. Although right now, being in the beginning of it, just say, I'm going to do anger work. Just like how some people sit, sit down and decide they're going to meditate every day for 10 minutes. Like, what if you just said every day for 10 minutes, I'm just going to yell and hit some mm-hmm. pillows. Okay. And it, again, it doesn't have to be like that for forever. But start making your anger list. Like, who are you pissed off at? And these people might even be people that you have current relationships with, like friends or coworkers or whatever. I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like these people are like dead to you or that like you hate them or whatever. It's just like you have some resentment. And if you can get it out, then A, that can, if you do a relationship with them, that can actually make it better because there's not that passive aggressive kind of energy. And it can also, again, like I said earlier, kind of give you that catalyst to be like, hey, actually, this isn't really working for me, or I need to set this boundary, or this really hurt when you said X, Y, Z, or whatever. And then those relationships can get on a better track. But people that go on this list or anyone that you feel resentment towards, anyone that drains you, of course, anyone you've had any kind of disagreement with, but like the resentment and the draining are key because that tells me that there's been a prolonged period of time mm-hmm. where boundaries have just been trampled on now to be clear like it is your job to uphold your own boundary um however that doesn't mean they're still not resentment anger whatnot based you know on their actions or okay whatnot okay Um, how's this feel it feels good and i've actually done after this breakup, there was a lot of, there was a lot of screaming in my head, you know, in just me, not at each other, but just me, because I'm just pissed. I'm just, well, I'm mad. I want you to be express anger towards yourself. No, 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 no. I wasn't mad at myself. I was okay. mad at him. And so I was yelling at him because I couldn't yell at okay, him. I, want, I do want you to get out of your head because when it's in your head, it's just like, it's just like, okay you can see me, but people listening, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like it, just spins. <laughs> it just, it just repeats itself. Um, a couple of things, one, because it, there is something about just getting onto paper and just getting out of your head, I think can be very cathartic. The other thing is that we can hold emotion in our body. And that's why the temper tantrum part is so important too, mm-hmm. because in my mind, like these, there, there are two different anger techniques that work different parts of you. Right. And we've talked a lot about this, like there's the mind and then there's the body. Right. So like, it is important to do the mind work, right? Like, so that's the letter writing, getting the anger out and and that way. Um, But then there's like the punching pillows and screaming and like, kind of, and, and like, that can just be an energetic release. This is why, like, I added like the movement, you know, piece to intuitive dating, because like we hold this stuff in our body and we can just like get it out. Then like, Mm -hmm. it's just another way to, to release it. So you can just take all those screams that you had and put them on paper and then like punch some pillows with it. That's great. See what else you can get pissed off about your first husband, um, any other exes, certainly mom, I would include in this again, we haven't talked about um, dad, but if he belongs in that list then like, you know, have at it, not dad. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> that's totally fine. 
And again, like, you know, you've done, not that there's a right and wrong, but like, you know, you've done anger work, right. When you feel exhausted okay. afterwards, you know, like if, like, like if, if you tell someone like, oh, I'm exhausted. I just ran five miles. People are like, oh yeah, well that makes sense. You just ran five miles, but we don't have the same kind of like understanding or assumption. Like, oh, I just did a bunch of anger work. I'm exhausted. People are like, huh? But like, it really should be that same kind of like, oh yeah, you just did some anger work. You should probably go yeah. take a nap. Yeah. So if you feel like after you do, even if it's like 30 minutes it's or 20 minutes, not even that long, you know, if you've really had like that emotional release, like you probably need to feel it, or you, you will probably feel like you need to take a nap or go for a walk or like watch some sex in the city or something. I don't know. Um, and, and that would be normal. That would all be normal. And that would also tell you that you're on the right track. And this is why you have to do it many okay. times because let's say you do one anger work session for 20 minutes. That's just like meditating once for 20 minutes in your life and calling it a day and like, like, well, where are the benefits of it? It's like, well, <laughs> it's going to take a little bit more. Okay. okay? Does this sound Yeah. Fun? Yeah. Sounds great. All right. I'm excited for you. Keep me posted of how it goes. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Jen, for your question, your time, your courage, your vulnerability. I hope our coaching conversation was helpful for you. And I'm pretty sure it was helpful for many of the women listening. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. So Jen's question seems to start as a question about boundaries. And I got really excited. I was like, Ooh, another episode about boundaries because we could not have too many of those. So many women struggle with boundaries and I love me some boundaries, but ultimately it it was very, it was very apparent pretty quickly that that was not really the question because then the question became, well, how do I get back to the way that we were. we're. We're not together, but I don't want it to be like this thing where he can call me when he wants, but we're not actually together the way it was before. So, I mean, of course, of course, there are some boundaries involved in that, but what's going on, there's there's so many layers, there's so many pieces going on. So I'm going to do my best to kind of just review some of that stuff that we talked about in the call and break down some of the points that I just want to make sure you really, really walk away with so that you get the most out of this episode. So this is a classic example of just simply not having complete control over the situation, okay? Um, She can protect her boundaries. She can state her boundaries. She can state her preferences. She can let know the consequences of him overstepping those boundaries. She can have preferences. She can have desires. She can have even like nostalgia. Like she can have whatever feelings or thoughts she wants and she can take whatever actions that she wants. However, um, she doesn't have control over his preferences, his actions, his wants, his desires. And it's it's very clear to me that he's just simply, I don't think it's about her. He's just not interested in being in a long-term relationship. So I think really this question is about letting go and then looking at the core wounds that led her to wanting to, not wanting to, but be willing to ignoring, to willing to ignore her, her needs, her desires for the sake of just this person choosing her back. You know, and I just want to say that when she mentioned that she's lost trust in him and the relationship, I said this to her, but I want to just say it again, because I, I can't say it enough. It is very, 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 very difficult to build back trust, even in the best case of, of scenarios. Um, and losing trust in a person doesn't 
just refer to like them having an affair, right? I think that's where we think a lot of the, oh, he's got to build the trust back or earn my trust. Usually I think we think of that at least as talking about like they cheated or whatever, but it could just be anything where you've lost trust in the other person, their intentions, their feelings, their words, or their actions, whatever it is. It's very, very, very hard to earn that back because think about it. It takes one instance for you to lose your trust in somebody. But again, even in the best case scenario, they're like actively trying to earn your trust back. Maybe they're doing their own inner work. I'm not saying it's impossible because I'm not God. I don't know everything. And sure, things happen. Absolutely. However, it's hard because how many times will it take? How many actions, instances will it take for them to earn your trust back? And that's an answer no one knows. It could be infinite, which means the trust is never really earned back because there could be this whole thing going on in your mind of like, okay, this is good. This is good behavior. But what if? But what if they turn? What if they do that thing again or whatever? And if those questions are going on in the back of your mind, again, it's very, very difficult to totally let that go. And I just, so whenever someone tells me that they've just lost trust in a relationship, my goal for them is to like, okay, how can we unravel ourselves from the relationship? Because if you don't trust the person, you don't trust the relationship. It's my personal opinion that it's impossible to to truly love that person in the way that I think most people want to love and be loved in the kind of relationships we're talking about here on the show. So my goal at that point becomes, okay, how can I help them unravel themselves from this relationship so that they can be available for the kind of relationship that they really want. And so that's where my mind went with Jen as soon as she said, you know, the T word, <laughs> the, the trust word or the not trusting. That's not really a word. It's a phrase. You know what I mean? So this led me to doing some inner child work, not surprisingly, because like, you know, yes, of course, there's some feel good hormones going on. But also it was very clear to me that there was some inner child work or some inner child wounds that were causing her to latch on to this person who really wasn't giving her what she needed wanted or um, desired or, you know, frankly, deserved. And so we were doing some inner child work. And um, you might have noticed this too, actually, while while we were doing it, maybe not, and that's fine. Um, but I have done inner child work with hundreds, hundreds, a lot. <laughs> I don't count, but hundreds, maybe a thousand, I don't know, hundreds of women um, over the course of my career. And I can kind of tell when you're just going through the motions. And I'm not saying that like in a critiquing kind of way, I'm just telling you what I see. And sometimes I'm off, but usually I'm not when it comes to this stuff. Um, but actually, that's good information, right? Like it's it doesn't serve her to try to hide this or like get quote unquote an A plus from me because I'm not grading her. But when I asked her, like, well, was it hard to connect with the inner child? That quickly led into a conversation about mom and just how she wasn't really allowed to be who she really is. And part of who you are is your emotions or are your emotions, um, big emotions, small emotions, difficult emotions even big emotions that are like good, like, or what we would perceive as good, like excited or happy or whatever. None of that was really welcomed. And in fact, she was even called stupid by her mom. And that's pretty traumatic. And I just want to remind you that when I don't remember exactly when this happened in our in our conversation, but she kind of played down like, oh, you know, my childhood was fine. Like it was fine. My parents are fine. And so everything was just fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> you, you know, and so just based on these few interactions, it's not really that surprising or a far stretch to see how she's just playing down her 
emotions and her needs with this person. Um, but she does know that she felt really good at the beginning of a relationship. I'm sure they shared good times together. And also there are all those hormones, those honeymoon hormones, you can call them that were like, she's still human, she still needs to feel those things. And if she has this lifetime, this habit of suppressing her emotions, but she knows how, oh, well, the beginning of the relationship was really good, I want to feel like that again, then if it's, it's not really that surprising that she's going to do everything she can to feel those things, right? So her actions in this relationship was was less really about the soul connection that she felt with this person and more about her wanting to get past these uncomfortable emotions and uncomfortable conflict to get back to happy times. And that is a direct pattern that she learned with mom. Like, okay, let's, I'll just be happy. I'm sorry. Sorry I said anything. Let's just get over it and da da da. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that was really what she was, what she was playing out. And so then I asked her about anger and, you know, if you're a client of mine, you know, I've asked you about anger in our first session before. <laughs> it's a very important emotion. I talked about it in this episode. I won't go too much into it. I also did a series on this back in summer of 2020. So we'll find those episodes and put them in the show notes as well. So you can listen back. But I think for right now, doing her anger work will probably be more impactful than doing her inner child work. And honestly, this is the beauty of working with a coach one-on-one or doing something like intuitive dating, because I can say like, in general, yeah, inner child work, and then this and this and then that or whatever is great. But for some people, for some situations, um, or for some experiences or forever you are in your process, it makes sense to do other things first, right? I think that her suppressing her anger and other quote unquote bad emotions is actually preventing her from being able to do inner child work in any deep way, which is preventing her from being able to heal, which is why she's in the same friggin' pattern that she's in, which is just let's play down the emotion, just make everything okay. I'll just like gloss it over. Let's just go back to where we were, you know, and just kind of being that, you know, fixer, so to speak in the, in the relationship. So, you know, again, there's lots I could say about anger. I won't go too much into it now. I'll put, again, I'll put those episodes down in the show notes if you want to listen to those, which I recommend you do if you feel like you might have some anger, but you don't, you don't want to get into it. It's a really, really important emotion, probably one of the most important emotions as humans that we have. And unfortunately, as women, most of us have been socialized to not feel them. I will also say that suppressing anger is, again, a a suppressing emotion. And so you don't get to pick and choose what emotions you suppress. And so if you suppress the quote unquote bad emotions or the uncomfortable ones, then you're also suppressing the emotions that you do want to feel. But again, because you're a human and you aren't designed to be completely numbed out, you will still have this desire to feel something. And that is often why you know, addictions occur, like literally when we're talking about substances or like a, des- like a really strong desire to like feel this adrenaline rush or whatever those hormonal rushes are at the beginning of a relationship or when you get that text or when you get that like on your Instagram or whatever it is, right? So if you are looking for support to navigate your way out of situationships or stalled relationships or patterns that you find yourself in over and over again, I would love to support you through my private coaching. And I think my conversation with Jen really highlights the power of private coaching because, you know, in general, yes, like doing inner child work first is where I start most clients. It's the most important kind of work. But Jen was a really good example where I think some of her suppressed emotions was actually inhibiting her from really connecting with her inner child in a way that would allow her to do the healing work she needs to do. So I recommended to her to actually focus more on working through the anger, plus any other emotions that come up with the 
with the anger. And when she becomes more comfortable feeling those emotions, then will inner child work become more helpful and fruitful for her and also a little bit more accessible, right? And this is the power of working privately with me is that I get to see exactly where you are what's tripping you up, what you already do really well, or what you already know really well. So we can kind of really create a customized plan for you to, you know, get out of whatever pattern or situationship or frustration that you're in into a place where your love life feels, let's just say a lot smoother. Uh, But hopefully, you know, we can we can dream more than that for sure. So I love doing this work with clients. I love working one on one. And, um, you know, we're at the end of the year right now. And so if this is something that you are really wanting to nurture and grow and put some attention into as we get into the new year, or frankly, whenever you're listening to this episode, your next step is to go to veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. And there I want you to fill out the form there. It's just a quick form so I can get to know you and just kind of a sense of who I'm, who I'm going to be talking to in our introductory call. Once you fill out that form, it'll forge you to my calendar where you can book your 30 minute session. And this session is really an opportunity for both of us to get to know each other and specifically for you. So you can figure out, okay, is coaching with Veronica the next right step for me? And my goal is for you to get to a clear yes or a clear no. If working together feels good for you, I want it to truly feel good for you. And if working together doesn't feel good for you, then I want to make sure that you have some options or resources as to what might be more helpful for you as you move forward in your love life. So again, the link is veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching. I look forward to connecting with you. And that's all I got. So I will see you next week with a brand new episode of the Love Life Connection podcast. And it is an episode all about dealing with jealousy and not wanting your ex to be happy. It's a good one. Tune in. Talk to you then. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about by heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called by heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you.
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you